we all want diabetes, right? So, Coca-Cola. How, how am I going to build that pyramid when everyone's fat? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they're going to like each block will just be like five Americans wedged into a perspex box. <laughs> <laughs> formaldehyde uh, of the <laughs> americans in there like as a museum it'll be rock fucking solid just pouring some packet jelly with concrete Yes, yes, yes. Believe it. We have not been cancelled and we're still unsponsorable. This is the Bullish Bitcoin Banter and Bullshit Pod 104 brought to you by Mr. Orlin, a.k.a. the Trillion Dollar Man, Dr. Evil 10%, a.k.a. the People's Champ, myself, Sir Neverlook, a.k.a. the Excellence of Execution. And this week, yes, I will give a shout out to our fourth member of the team. I use the word team loosely because she is carrying no slack whatsoever. Mrs. No Show, a.k.a. No Show. Mrs. No Show. Is she... Um, there's, there's a rumour going around that she's turned into a fruitarian. Oh, a fruitarian. I've never <laughs> that term before. Where uh-huh. does this sit in the alphabet chart for the alphabet people? Well, it's only fruit which she'll eat. So I think next week it might be just um, fruit which drops on the floor. <laughs> There's another name for a bat. <laughs> I remember a prefer- is it Breatharian? Where they reckon they can survive on um, sunlight and air. <laughs> I, reckon, I reckon if you go onto Twitter, you'll possibly find that. It'll be a dark hidden way where people say, Yeah, I've done this. It's just like, Are you sure you have? Is people actually follow the, it and kill themselves. One of the 69 sexes that people can now identify as. What are you, Apache helicopter? <laughs> <laughs> sure, actually, I, watched, um, I did actually watch a film the other day where there, there was um, the, the myth that this child. She was about 12, and she had, supposedly hadn't eaten since she was five years old. And she, oh, I think it's Ireland. And they just thought that this this girl was not dying. She she was bedridden, but she wasn't dying. And she wasn't eating or drinking anything. <laughs> and uh, so, but what it turned out as that they basically, the, the people of the village hired this external investigator to come in and go, What's happening? Is it supernatural? Is this girl got? Is she God? Basically, is she some kind of spirit? It turned out that every night when the mother was kissing her to go to sleep, she was spitting food into her mouth. So anyway, I mean, maybe that's how they're doing it. Maybe they're getting the mothers to mash up new food and spit it in their mouths. I think that they're a bird or something. I've got a bit of a um... got way too much time on your hands. That that just shows the lifestyle of a trillionaire in a minute, whoa, whoa, in whoa. under a minute. We're in um, downtimes. It's only billionaire at the moment. Oh yeah, true, true. <laughs> um, I've With got inflation. a bit of a. Yeah. I've got a bit of a surprise. So I was speaking to is it the everyday man? Early, um, was it oh, yesterday? Okay. Oh, and he I said, "Here, um... here's one for the pod." So not only was he ranting on about people putting phonetic um, spellings in their email signatures, but he was also asking me about pensions and childcare allowance. So here's one for the pod. 
Um, you get childcare allowance unless you earn over 50k. If you do, you are entitled to it. However, if you contribute to your pension, they're happy to discount it. It's basically the equivalent of a frigging bribe. Um, give us some more money, but you won't get it back as we'll turn up the age. You get it till you're nearly dead. Work hard and earn more money, but when you do, we'll look after you if you give us um, the OTA. Um, and he's being on about how corrupt pensions are. So why are they happy to discount it if you're contributing to a pension? Because they control it. Can you do what um, what they want and increase the age till you're nearly dead before they pay out? And I've got a diff slightly different opinion to him about pensions, but obviously interesting to see what you two say. No, I, I totally agree, yeah. It's, it's why would they have something that's essentially means-tested but then go, oh, but if you put this money in a government-owned investment, then we'll give you this extra. Well, it's bit. not government-owned. Well, it, because it's in a kind of scheme, isn't it? it it's just yeah. one of them, right, whereby pensions can go bust, right? They can be private pensions, but still, they're in this special layer. There's a special layer tax in and out. So the government can do control it because if at the end, when, it, when the pension matures, if the government go, it's 99% tax on pensions now, they've, they've stolen it. And they stole it completely legally. It's a private pension, though. Uh, they can't touch it. Yeah, they can. They can just tax it on the way out. So it's a government-controlled investment vehicle. So yeah, so yeah, it's it's a perfect sign of a scam, really, isn't it? When when they're going, you're not allowed this thing, this benefit, uh, because you you earn too much money. But they go, oh, but if you just put a load of your money over here instead, then this money comes alive. You go, well, yeah, if you put if you if you put twenty grand of your earnings into your pension you can have childcare benefit of 50 pounds a week yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> and, you, yeah. and you just you've just gone what is going on there right why would they give me money essentially they, they're paying me 50 pound a week to have a pension it's because they'll get more yeah because they know full well they need as much money in the pension pots as possible i think you've got goes pot, they can steal it they got two different angles on here is my thoughts is you've got the state pension, which is unrelated to this. Yeah. And they keep on delaying it. Was it 67 or something we got it to now? And it was Jeremy Hunt pretty much. Um, It'll be in the, by the time we retire, it'll be the 70. Yeah, he pretty much revealed, but he needed less people to take it. But the fact is you're paying tax in order to take it. So therefore you're paying tax for something which you're not getting. And I remember this is a slightly different, slightly different one when France were having a riot because they were trying to put their pension age up to sixty-four from sixty-two. Mum says, "Well, they should be grateful. Ours is sixty-seven or something." I said, "Yeah, no, that's not the point. They pay more tax. When, when they when they started paying their tax, the social agreement was sixty-two. You cannot change that. You need to learn how to budget. And it's the same for the UK, but we got no choice to pay into it. And I think." And so I think that's the dead thing in his comments, which I think slightly to um, kind of like intersections, whereas the actual paying into the system is they need that money, but it's also to prop up the Ponzi scheme, isn't it? Because you need more money at the base of the triangle and that's what you're feeding into. So it can kind of all mount up, but also the collapse as well and the money getting taken out because what's the tax set out, set at tax free taken out? Is it about... 25 or 30 on a pension? 25% at age 55. No, I mean, um, when you take it out, how much can you take take out tax-free? So say you're 68. 25. How much? 
25% beforehand, but then surely, I, I'm sure you can just take it all out at the, no, at the But end. you get taxed. But you get taxed, yeah. I think it's only up to 30 grand or something. But the fact is, as we've done the calculations are, when we're 70, you're going to need about 100 grand to actually live. If we continue on the current rate of inflation, so therefore you're going to get taxed to hell. So therefore they want you to pay more in because the fact is you're going to be paying 50% tax probably on that pension when it yeah. withdraws out. So, but then like you point, they'll just take it all anyway if they're desperate. And it is a point. It is true. Mm. And then the final point is they actually raised the pension age from 50 to 57 in the last 10 years as well. Because it used to be 50. Now it's like, you can't retire till you're 57. How can you change that when it's someone's private pension? It's once mm. again, this is a social contract. You have no way of changing that. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I love this whole thing, right? Because th this whole thing, it comes from... I reckon the everyman here, if you if you go back a couple of years, maybe five years, you'd have seen this and gone, oh, right, this is a loophole. This is why you need independent advisors, money managers, tax advisors, pension advisors, because, oh, look, I, I'm earning over a certain amount. I'm going to get this payment's going to stop. But, oh, but if I start this one, which is also beneficial, then it's a way of kind of gaming the system. It just looks Correct. like, oh, you need to understand this. I know it doesn't make sense, but this these are the rules. You have to learn to play by them. But once you've been a Bitcoiner for a bit and you realize this whole system is fucked and corrupt and it's all just designed to get as much money into the government's coffers as possible, you look at it with a different lens. And you go, this isn't a clever trick where I get the best of both. This is engineered. They're basically bribing me to put a proportion of my pension or my, my my salary into a pension and locked away for God knows how long. And who knows what the tax I'm going to pay on the way out? Because no one knows. We're all but, like, but like I said, if we go on 3% inflation, it ends up in part of my retirement at 100 grand yeah. for the living expenses. Am I going to tax you to fuck on that? The taxes aren't coming down. No, yeah. they're, they're only going to go up. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but the taxes, yeah. they, won't, they won't have to raise the taxes because the fact is you're going to meet the threshold anyway yeah 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 yeah, yeah. That, that's the funny thing like people think pensions are super tax efficient i go okay explain to me in detail what the tax law is in 30 years time all right well, that's ridiculous i can't tell you then how are you telling me it's tax efficient yeah. you know it's but, tax but also if they remain the same they're not tax efficient because we know the rate of inflation we know the average is above what they say and uh, and you're absolutely right. I know you and I were having this conversation and I maybe should check carefully because uh, she may one day look back at these pods because I'm going to try and convince one of the mums in, uh, in one of my son's classes who's a pensions advisor to convert to Bitcoin. Oh, yes, I know. It is going to be difficult. But hey, I'm ready for the orange pill challenge. Essentially, she is a pensions advisor, and she said and admitted that, yes, the government, as you just said, Mr. Orlin, the government pension scheme is a little bit of a Ponzi scheme. But the other scheme, which is your private pension, that's how you can game, this, game the actual um, scheme itself. Yeah. Well, well, well. 
I am looking forward to having more conversations with her at the next kid's birthday party. I, I, I just literally, I ask her one question. If your private pension is such a great way of being tax efficient, what taxes do I have to pay on my pension in 30 years time when I retire? Or when I'm at pensionable age or, or 20 years? Tell me explicitly yeah. how much tax I'm paying. And she'll look at you going, well, I don't know. Could be anything. Yeah, if, 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 exactly. if it was a Ponzi scheme, if it was a Ponzi scheme, it would, sorry, if it wasn't a Ponzi scheme, it'd be set saying anyone who starts contribution to a pension after 2040, these will be your rules. Correct. That should um, be the, that, that would be right the actual way. proper way. And it's how I'd hope it would be if it was a Bitcoin um, standard, is these are the rules for you. Yeah, yeah, pretty much it's fair. Or, yeah. oh, this needs tweaking, so we're going to do this, but we've got to do it on 2035 people after, well, 2024 who start. So basically people who are 20 and under, you're going to go on to this scheme and therefore your tax rules are this. But yeah, and I said to him, your messages made me realise you're old and bitter and completely down the rabbit hole. Because it's funny, like, um, I want to say he's probably half a year to a year behind myself and Sir Neverlook in terms of the Bitcoin journey. I don't, yeah, and I think it was around the whole lockdowns, etc., which probably pushed him as well. Yes, yeah, weirdly, I actually saw a, a tweet that I replied to where someone was going, "Oh, Bitcoiners can be really arrogant and think they know everything about the world just because they understand Bitcoin." I just replied to it, going, "What? I think the reason why sometimes we come across like that is once you realize money is just one massive lie." You look at everything that the government do does with a different lens and you start spotting stuff time and time again. And you can be really confident. You go, all oh, right, this didn't make sense in my old world. It just was supposedly the way the system worked. And that was meant to be the explanation I went away happy with. Now I can see it. This is clearly to the benefit of the government and not myself. This is why the, the system has worked this way. So it does actually make sense because you can see the corruption. And then when you point these things out to people and you can be quite certain that, look, pensions are not a good idea, uh, whereas the majority of people think they are, you go, well, just because you own Bitcoin doesn't mean you're an expert on pensions. You go, well, no, I'm, I'm not necessarily an expert on pensions, but I'm an expert in knowing the government are fucking lying about money. And I have proved it's also the it's like so I know they're also lying about pensions. It's But it's, you know, like as I got into Bitcoin, I've kind of readjusted where I'm putting money now. And basically, it has been moved away from the pensions things. Like, I admittedly putting in a small amount now, but it's gone down from a much larger percentage because it's seen as high, higher risk. You know, it's actually going to a high risk category because, like you said, you don't know what the tax is. If it continues on the current tax rules, I'm going to be taxed to fuck on my outcomes. So, therefore, it's not going to be tax efficient. So, therefore, I'm using things like ISA vehicles in order to save the cash. But you know, if those do go down the same hole where they start taxing the outcomes because we've had the um, reduction on, um, what's it, capital gains as well, yeah. allowance. Yeah. And well, if they, they start trying to go for the ISAs next, that's a big problem. Yeah. I, I, was, I was literally thinking about an ISA before because an, an ISA is something that is guaranteed, right? You you put you put a money into an ISA, they'll give you a percentage, three to five years usually, and you take it out and it will be that. And then chances well, this are, is this is a stocks law. and shares one. So you just use an ISA wrapper in order oh. to invest in stocks and shares. 
Right, yeah, yeah. Well, that's 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 different then. But I mean, a cash ISA, right? Where you just you, you shove your ten k or you, you you're up to twenty k into an ISA, you earn your five to seven percent, and it's one hundred percent guaranteed. Right at the end of that, you do get your yeah. money back with the with the gains, and because it's an ISA, it should be it should be all tax free. So th- those types of things, largely fine, right? Because it, it it does look like that is a contract you sign with the bank. So if you get the money in, if tax laws change afterwards. They can't retrospectively go, oh, you know, that money you put in two years ago, we're taxing it now. You go, no, 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 that was nicer. They can change it going forward. You know, the, the day that they spring the law in, every ISA after that is now going to be infringed by that. But pensions are completely different. They, they can change the, the law could change the day before you take your pension. And it, it could, it that's could interesting. Yeah. So, yeah, my, yeah, I think it's my appetite to risk on pensions is, yeah, it's as, yeah. As I'm becoming more aware, it, a lot of people put pension is the the ultimate blue chip investment, right? It's number right. one. It's <laughs> the safest, never going to go wrong, right? It, it, it was in the fifties. Pensions will still be there, and it you was go in the fifties. Like they, they, this is what I'm really keen to question her on as well. And they, you know, again, I, I bear no uh, grudges, even if it's at a five year old party. But I'm just going to go in and be like, right. Give me the reason as to why you think this is the blue chip asset of today's modern world. Because we just covered it uh, in last week's pod, how Bitcoin over the last 10, 13 years outperformed every asset class. Well, you, you can always argue with Bitcoin because it's so, it's never happened before. It will never be, be repeated ever, especially over the time scale. So you can argue against Bitcoin, but you, it's still you mean a bit. They won't make a better Bitcoin. Oh, there might be. Shib. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's not so much pointing at Bitcoin, it's pointing at other ways of investing. So an yeah. ISA, simply an ISA. Like, why can't I? Why is it Why is an ISA not better? Would be my question. Oh, you don't get forty percent, but what about on the way out? You know, what about the change in the taxes? What about if the taxes stay the same? How much are you going to pay on it? Yeah, yeah. If anything, I'd I'd approach it purely by questioning. I wouldn't even suggest that you've got a better idea. It's just pick holes in her solution, right? It's it's not going. I'm shilling something else, like whether it be mm. an or Bitcoin. It's just okay if 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 these private pensions are so solid then where are my guarantees? You know, I, I won't be able to access this legally for Correct. 15 to 20 years. What are going to be the tax laws then? That, that And that is just that. And the, the fact is nobody knows, but the trend is they're going to be worse than they are today. So how do you know it's a good investment? Because the thing is like your, your pension, right? That You could put it in the best pension ever where they ride up the market, they miss the dips and they're freaking your... 100 grand worth of pension, they turn it into 2 million and you're like, fucking yes, I'm going to have such a good retirement, it's going to be ace. But then the week before you retire, the government goes, oh yeah, anything over 100 grand in a pension is taxed 99%. All your gains are gone. You're totally wrecked. You're destroyed. Devastated. With no plan B. Exactly. And and she will not be able to say, uh, other than, well, that's unlikely. You go. Well, well, would you bet your life on it? Would you? Would you bet your retirement on it? Because that's what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. So I was just having a quick Google on what the rules are. So pension bees come up. So 
as Sir Neverlook said, it's 25% is tax-free, but the 75% rest of the pension is based upon how much you draw down. So um, I'm not really getting, but it looks around about 20% on that. Then it goes to up to 30%. So, yeah. Yeah, because I guess it would be a, a very rare, finite number of people that withdraw it all uh, yes. in a position to, to do so. So it looks, say, it's like 20%. Just YOLO the next day after 67 yeah, and the problem is, you know, like we've not taken it, right? What this is, and this is obviously this. Oh God, it is just it's pay, pay, um, it's pay, 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 ye. So it's a standard yeah, it's, tax. It's income tax. Yeah, it's just it's class as income. So yeah. let's see if you earn over what what's a band like fifty grand or something, it jumps up yeah. to forty percent. So yeah. you're gonna. So if you save to go for the twenty thirty grand, you're gonna be paying forty percent on some of your pension. Yeah. Yeah. And and the issue with this, obviously, I've done this with my parents, right? They've both got health concerns and they've had decent pensions. And the the issue with a pension, right, is that if you leave it in, you get these monthly payments that if you end up living into your 90s or into 100, then, yeah, you end up taking out more than you put in and great. But my parents are likely are not going to live that long. So they need to take lump sums because if they don't take lump sums out of these pensions, they evaporate once they're both gone. The pension is gone, right? It just and I think some of the pensions I think my mum had, uh, it was purely on her. If once she dies, it doesn't even go to the next of kin. It's just gone. Mm. Whereas she had her main one would go to my dad, and then if he went, it evaporates. So they both have health issues. So the the thing is, like once you get to sixty seven or whatever the age is that these things mature, look at how much money's in it. And let's just say you did manage to make up a bit massive one or two mil, right? They they would only let you take you know a very small percentage of that each month, and and um if you and so really what you do if you do have health concerns when you hit sixty seven you got two mil in there, what you're going to need to do is go well look I might only have five years left, so you're going to need to take the two mil you can't risk leaving it in, so you're going to literally have a million of tax, and you go well how tax efficient was this really I'm getting tax income tax right it's is and it's almost worse because. You've saved up, like my, you know, my parents are not millionaires by any sh shape or form, but they had a decent pension, and they've been, they've got a huge tax bill now because they, um, saved up for forty years of their lives paying into a pension. Then they had to pay the tax all in one go. Really, they were under nearly all the t all the high tax brackets during their careers. They were below it. Whereas now they've retired, and they've had to sell some of the pension to get them through, and they don't want to have it all just lost into the system. Now suddenly they're in the high tax bracket. They've never um, paid high well, This is it. So I was just loading up my um, calculator and I'd said it's actually by the time which I'm 83. So the average age of death, cost of living for around about 30 grand is 113 grand a year. So by that point, you know, so that's um, 43 years for me. Yeah. So um, you're going to need millions in that pension just to get. You yeah, exactly. And by the time. And tax adjusted. So this wasn't with tax. It's 139,265 is what I'd need to live on that 30 grand a year kind of like estimate. So the fact is that they'll be doing me for tax. So in order for me to live till I'm 83, you're right. I'm going to have to have millions. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, we've gone down a bit right. of a pension rabbit hole.
Yeah. Yeah, great question there from the everyday man. I love that. And it actually made me uh remember. So we, we've done a specials before, and I thought about a couple of specials. I know we've talked about them, so um just jotting down some of the ideas. One of them was which country or countries are next and why in terms of going on to a Bitcoin standard uh, following the lights of um, the Republic of Congo and then El Salvador. We can also talk Republic about of Congo have gone back out, haven't they? Oh, I don't know. I've not seen that. No, Central African Republic went back, up, Central, back out. Yeah, yeah. Um. It was a, a a topic that the two Jacks brought up, which we'll cover on today's podcast, but uh, corrupt governments and, again, why Bitcoin is needed. I think we could go down a lovely rabbit hole there and talk about some of the conspiracy theories that aren't conspiracy theories. Um, lost in the system and pensions. So this is the beauty of Bitcoin, right? You know, uh, I know we were talking about it at your party, Mr. Rawlin, with um, Young MBA. It's the the passing on of Bitcoin and the passing on of the wealth amongst uh, your family members and you know potentially friends as well. So you can't do that with pensions, which is a big flaw. Once it's gone and you pass away, it is gone. So... Therefore, it's not the best thing to do um, because you want to try and create generational wealth. And Bitcoin allows you to, to be able to do that and also transcend across the across the actual family. And the last one was uh, just simply living on a Bitcoin standard as well. So what's it going to be like once hyper-Bitcoinization happens and we live on a Bitcoin standard? Again, the two Jacks thought about it, you know, once upon a time in World War One and World War Two, people were giving up their own savings to fund these wars or actually holding back and saying, hold on, no, 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 we're not going to help you fund this war. We don't believe in it. So there are just a couple of topics that we might bring to uh, bring to the masses as and when perhaps some of the weeks in Bitcoin as well. Yeah, just add on there, um, the Holocaust and glitter. (laughs) 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 You can have the heaviest of heavy topics and then glitter. I'm joking. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, So when BlackRock are back in the news, then aren't they? They are indeed, yes. They're not going to go away until we know the outcome. No, it's inevitable, and I love that picture as you, uh, as you behind you, uh, Mr. Orlin. I love that. Yeah, it's a new one. It was inevitable. Yeah, and, and you're right because that could be certainly the phrase for BlackRock, five hundred and seventy-five and one. But really, that one was actually not a loss because they rectified the loss and got that one pushed through. Um, some of the comments on YouTube pointed it out quite clearly that BlackRock could be, if it was a country, the third biggest and wealthiest country in the world. And that's because they own 10% of everything. Yeah, and then that's big, right? Because like, obviously the, the top two is America and China. Yeah. And then it's BlackRock. So. Yeah. 
you'd almost go, oh, right, well, who owns all this and who's who's moving stuff around? It's largely Western people from what we can see, right? If you if you track it all back, who's running the, the Black Rocks of the world and Vanguard? Because I'm pretty sure Vanguard would be number four, right? You, you've got mm. Vanguard and Black Rock of similar sizes and then you've got American <laughs> China above them. So you've yeah. just gone, well, all they've done there is they obviously want to keep America top, right? So they, they've got to be number one. They can't let a company get bigger. But I think that's even that's by design, really. It's it, They've made it as big as they possibly can without making it totally ridiculous and having it literally be the wealthiest single entity in the world. Because if, if literally, if, if BlackRock did just turn on their, their heels, right, and went, but we've got all this money. You could, I know that just a lot of this is assets under management, but that mm. is just such a huge amount. Like just the fees that if you charge half a percent on nine trillion, the amount of money and all, and then largely all their funds do is just track the market. It's kind of nuts, right? It's just that they're not creating. There's, there's always like dis- dystopian films where there's this single company. Like I think it's Alien. There's Idiocracy. I yeah, where it's just one company, it's like mega company, and it is Black Rock, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And then you got uh, JP Morgan, not too far behind, of course. So yeah, it's a... what's, what's the story about so, anyway? Why so it... yeah, the, the story is: um, Will Bitcoin spike once the ETF eventually goes through? You know. Let, let... I think, of course, it is. I, uh, I, was, I was reading some tweets around this, and it made me think back to, you know, 2017 was the retail spike, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. That's what they termed it. And so, like, the average person started going in 2021. What was that one called? That's where you had, you had well, I suppose a big one is El Salvador was a big hype yeah. in, that, in that cycle. So it was nation states. And this one is... Um, well, would be part of the investment like framework or bedrock of the world, like literally you're going into that, and that's another massive milestone. So you kind of got these stages which we're going through, and it's like, I suppose this one we're kind of thinking, oh yeah, some more nation states, it'll be, you know, multiple countries coming, like 10 or something, that'll be the big one for this cycle, but it may it may not be. ETFs. Lo- loads of people will have it on their balance sheet going forwards and therefore it becomes more mainstream. Because mm-hmm. yeah, what's this uh, in the video, in your comment, because I, I can see um, what you've written here, there's a rumour they'll try and fork Bitcoin. I remember that was in their initial filing for their ETF. Because <laughs> that's, and that's where when they first filed, there's a lot of Bitcoiners a bit worried about this wording because it says explicitly in there it might not be the highest value fork that we go with which where the conspiracy is there that you get a load of people to invest in bitcoin but then there's a blackrock fork of bitcoin that they sponsor in some shape or form and they move all the funds and let's just say they've built up you know two trillion or something something crazy right worth of of dollars and they put it all into bitcoin but then they fork the coin and take all that money over to a different fork and they sell all their BTC and move it to whatever shitcoin they're creating, right? So it could be a 
a bait and switch. You, know, you mm. get everyone in thinking they're buying BTC, and then in five years' time, they switch it to to BlackRock BTC, and they dump the price of Bitcoin and move everyone over and and try and then pass off that it's fine. You're still in the real Bitcoin. This is the BlackRock Bitcoin, which is Correct. better, safer. Da, 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 da. This is government approved, not that dark web kind of dangerous shit. That's the the big risk of all this. Obviously, it doesn't really change Bitcoin. It just means a load of people potentially are going to get wrecked in this fork. Yeah, the fork will go to zero eventually because we just will. Because there'll be no one actually buying it other than the people that were forced to buy it through a BlackRock um, ETF that they didn't think they were buying. But it could be a, a medium level risk in the, in the, in the future, in, in, the, in five years' time or something. After this gets approved, it could seriously slam the price of Bitcoin because you could have one of the biggest holders of Bitcoin could end up being BlackRock, right, via this ETF, you know, the the total price of Bitcoin now is is half a trillion. If they were to get a couple of trillion worth of, of their funds in, they would probably have, I don't know, 50, 100,000 Bitcoin at least for that, which you're going to have kind of micro strategy levels worth of Bitcoin sat in BlackRock. That's that's a little bit dangerous that they, they could just dump it all. But, but it'll, it'll just be a hiccup long term. It doesn't matter. But, mm. but short term is bullish, medium term it could be bearish, long term doesn't matter. Um, there's also the fact that could they could they control the miners? Now we know the answer, but you know that that's out there as well, right? Well, we've started the. Um... BlackRock and Vanguard and whoever else has started investing in mining companies. So Riot you know, has got a large percentage owned by one of those companies. So there, there is a bit of control in the mining already. Mm. But with those companies as well, do they outsource their miners or is it or they actually take all the profits within to theirs? How do how does someone like Riot work? Us. Well, what's, what's the question? I wasn't paying attention. Too busy looking at OnlyFans. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, just saying oh, about um, Riot Mining. So one of the big boys has been buying shares in them already, haven't they? Yeah. So they are, they're yeah. part-owned. So we're just saying potentially you know, BlackRock are buying parts of them. They can dictate what decisions they want to put forward yep. onto the chain, can't they? Yeah, it would, yeah, yeah, to a certain degree, yeah. I, I think changing the thing, the thing is, like, right? So what what they can do, it doesn't matter if the network agrees. That's what's the danger of this thing is, right? So the fact they own potentially a board seat in Riot, I don't think they do. They own ten percent of the company. They have no sway about what Riot do. And even if Riot did push for a fork and tried to take the majority of the hash power with them, then Bitcoin would fight back. The, the danger of BlackRock doing this is we don't think they'll get the hash power. We don't think it will be the majority fork. We don't think it will be the most valuable fork. But what they've said is it doesn't matter whether it's the most valuable or not. We might pick whichever one we like. So mm. what basically what that can mean is they can fire up one miner or one node that runs the BlackRock version of Bitcoin and they just move to it. And the entire network disagrees. So Bitcoin just carries on over here but they take all their BlackRock funds 
and move them to a single node fork of Bitcoin. And the only person that gets any say on whether those all those people's money moves is one guy at BlackRock. So that's the risk because there's no risk of them taking over the network and taking hash power. Uh, that that is not something that is is scary. Um, I want to come back to that point. I also want to, um, in their refiling, mention the fact that they mentioned Coinbase as their kind of like surveillance as well. And that equally might trigger more people to potentially use Coinbase, but equally people to move away from Coinbase as well as an exchange. So effectively, BlackRock and Coinbase working hand in hand with one another. What's your thoughts on that? Um, Wait for Mr. All in before I get his opinion first. I go on, you go. I just think Coinbase. Go on, go on, go on. Does Coinbase really matter? Uh, I I think so because I think ultimately there will be exchanges that die over the course of time, and they'll be picked up by the likes of Coinbase and the users uh, because we're already seeing a consolidation of exchanges in the marketplace. And this is what happens with most things. You know, there's lots of bit part players, but essentially there'll be a, you know, a handful I just, of real big exchanges. I think the peer-to-peer exchanges have died because they were too early at the moment, or rather that at the beginning they were needed. But I kind of think that going forwards, it, the closer which you move to, towards mass adoption, I think that peer-to-peer makes a lot more sense than a giant um, exchange. So I kind of look at Coinbase and go, I don't see their place in the future. I don't see Gemini. I don't see Kraken. I see like your peer-to-peers. That's how I see things. So when you you talk about Coinbase, I'm just like, does it really matter? Well, I think they're the ones that will and have been shut down or they'll be fined some uh, money, whereas the likes of the Coinbases that play ball transparently will be the ones that get the government grants and be seen to be, you know, the the shining lights of the world. You've got different stages. You've got mass adoption, which is the potential phase which we're moving into now, which is the ETFs, investment vehicles, and potentially a few more nation states. And I think partway through that cycle, I just think that peer-to-peer is going to start taking over. And obviously, Bitcoin standard is exchanges don't exist. They're pointless. Mm. It's 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 literally peer-to-peer to to cash out miners' um, coins or potentially miners just use it to buy shit online. So maybe even peer-to-peer doesn't exist. But I think when nation states start, more nation states start taking over, I think we move to -to peer-to-peer. I think governments can't say shit because more and more countries are using their currency. So in a way, you're ending with foreign exchange and peer-to-peer just becomes a way. 
Exactly. When, on, a, on a Bitcoin standard, you, know, you, you don't go to an exchange to change your pounds. Do you? you just you spend them, right? And the only reason you need any third party is because banks are supposedly safer than holding a load of cash under your bed, right? So you put your money in the bank, but you don't need to have any special company that allows you to to use that and go, oh, I want to buy yeah. a house with my with my cash. I need an exchange. No, the, the exchange is cash to the house, right? You just give the person that owns the house the cash and that'll be Bitcoin. So you're the only, the banks replaced with your hardware wallet. And uh, and yeah, and it, that is the problem right? with the exchanges. Uh, in, in the short term, they're, they're essential and they are the very um, essential part of the Bitcoin adoption because you need that that initial supply needs to get into the hands of all these first time holders. Yeah, right. we're we're essentially buying almost this virgin Bitcoin, right? It's like we're we're we're, we're digging. <laughs> we're back to this again. Yeah, but uh, but it is right. It's it's virtually virgin Bitcoin, and it's like the virgin gold, right? It's straight out of the ground. And then if yeah. you fast forward 100, 200 years, it's the same gold going around, but it's being used in multiple transactions. And now you're holding some gold. It's probably been in is taken part in a hundred different transactions by the time you get so it. Bit, so this is slutty Bitcoin. Yeah, it's been passed around a little bit. Yeah. The fuck Bitcoin. And, uh, <laughs> and and that'll happen to Bitcoin, right? If you fast forward a couple of hundred years, Bitcoin standards, yeah. That no one would have ever bought they were even forgotten in exchange. It's, saying yeah, an exchange it's just like saying, did you get your good co- did you get your gold from the mine? Well, no, I didn't. I got well, my gold from well, work. gold from gold paid. from the mine. You can still get gold from mine because obviously you can mine gold, but Bitcoin once it's gone, it's gone. It's literally you've got Correct. the miners who are bringing it in in exchange for electricity, which are going to have to work out how on earth they generate through innovation, or um, or through ultimately purchasing hard electricity. Yeah, it's well, going to be an absolute—it's an absolute insane thought to think that's where you go down. Oh yeah, there's still block rewards, but we're on a Bitcoin standard. So how do you how do you weigh up your electricity cost versus the Bitcoin to mine it? Because everyone's going to be going for it if it's cheap. If it's too expensive, it's never going to be worthwhile because we're on a Bitcoin standard. Yeah, that's well. That's the genius about the. What's it called? The difficulty. Oh, what's it called? The difficulty adjustment. Yeah. So the, the, the more the more hash power that comes online, the harder it is to mine Bitcoin. The less hash power, the easier it is. So no matter what, if every single person on the globe fired up a thousand miners each, it would, it would still just um, churn out the same amount of Bitcoin. Yeah, literally, I, I think when you hit a Bitcoin standard, it's going to be ultimately like a renaissance it's a time of innovation isn't it it's a person who can work out the greatest innovation of energy or computing power who's going to win yeah well this is one of the things that i think blackrock whilst of course they're pushing for the ctf i forgot we're talking about blackrock um thought about this because they try to own 10 percent of everything but there's no way that they can own well they become they become like the um oh god it's like like in Blackadder the medieval one where it's the um monks bank or something they want to own ten percent of everything don't they? they want everyone in their pocket so they're gonna if they get the Bitcoin now therefore they become a massive part of the infrastructure so they get their ten percent that's massive two point one 
million Bitcoin in their pocket to lend out and to leverage against the world to control the infrastructure. That's the potential plan then, isn't it? And they can fork it to their heart's desire, but as we've talked about before, oh, you forked it. Oh, that's great. you got your Black, black Rock coin there. Well, I'm going to go with the Bitcoin one and sell your shitty um, Black Rock coin. Yeah. So I can buy more sats and, you know, it won't be a ploy to bend the network to their advantage. It'll be making sure they've got a large share so they can manipulate the world still. Yeah, but I don't think that they'll get there because, of course, you know, you can't speed up getting more Bitcoin. You know, the well, blocks come out every 10 minutes. There's they, a lot of weak hands, though. Like, they go into mining now. They put a ploy that they will support a Bitcoin standard, so therefore they think the likelihood of any of the world adopting it will go up. So therefore they're willing to invest and take the hit now so they can get their mm. 10%. Or they just start stacking sats because there are always weak hands and there's always Bitcoin on exchanges. I just doubt there's 2.1 million Bitcoin available, but everyone has their sell price. True. Um, and the last point I was thinking, and it actually takes us on quite nicely into uh, the Jack and Jack podcast, which is let's say they go ahead and fork Bitcoin and uh, they fork it onto Bitcoin Cash for argument's sakes. Do they somehow make the original Bitcoin insignificant, which is what um, Jack Dorsey mentioned, if that, that we, we talk about it every week, you know, we're on pod 104. We've been in this for years, and yet we still find there's there's some fascination about this thing that actually hasn't changed since the white paper <laughs> to a fork, great extent. The forking to make it insignificant, it depends what it would be. So if this is some kind of interoperability with, I don't know, different types of accounts to make it easier to spend, to enhance the Lightning Network, then maybe it could happen. But ultimately, you've got to have adoption for it. I mean, adoption's right. never happened. We've had the block size wards wars and there's been a i don't know what the other ones because there are a few variants of bitcoin so they can do what they want it's happened before yeah it's just is it going to be significant or would it will it come at risks because we've had an upgrade what was it for taproot and taproots ended up causing us issues because of ordinals so so will we just get bored of this thing called bitcoin we'll look back and think as he said, we've wasted hours of our lives, if not days, weeks, even years. And just think, yeah, we're, we're going. It's, all, it's all a dream. Else. You're going to wake up. It's 2019. Okay. <laughs> and actually, 2008, you go, what the fuck is Bitcoin? Yeah. It was just a big gambling, you know, it's a big gamble, hoping that we were going to win the lottery of some sort. <laughs> Fly around in a helicopter. <laughs> yeah, because I, I much admit I didn't manage to watch, even though I bookmarked this, the Jack and Jack podcast, Jack Dorsey and Jack Marlers. Did did any of you actually get to watch the full nearly three hours? I didn't get to watch the full three hours. I not quite watched far. One hour forty six and two seconds. 
Go on then. Uh, what was it for you? I've literally watched. It's a lot of three minutes fifty six. It's a lot of thoughts. It's just an open conversation about Bitcoin. Like it's some musings. It's the best way to describe it is started reading Bitcoin. Bitcoin is Venice. And it's just a bunch of musings in a book about Bitcoin and thoughts and so on. And that's how the conversation came apart. So there were lots of things which touched within the um, fiat world, like RFK and JFK. So I think it's Jack Dorsey says he's a massive supporter of the Kennedy family. Yeah. And mm-hmm. he said that JFK, he's 100% sure that JFK was killed by the government. I'm like, bloody hell. The son who used to be the CEO of um, Twitter, that's a big statement. Yeah. I, um, I, I saw that there's a big fact check thing on here saying the assassination of JFK and it's da da da. Oh, I didn't and, even notice that. Um, it was a lot of deep thought. And um, I think the thing about Kennedy saying that he was trying to push the US in different ways and away from war and being, you know, the, um, the kind of like war machine. And he got killed for it. And he was saying that RFK, he's pretty much the same. It's just that he's getting picked apart as a conspiracy theorist. Yes. Um, because I think he worked as a lawyer going against vaccine companies um, because of a massive links with autism. Um, and so he's being picked apart because of that. And also he's buff as shit. Um, so he takes test. Um, and they talked about the different milestones. So they put JFK as a big milestone in the military-industrial complex and also Iraq, basically going, we're going to invade you. Oh, there's weapons of mass destruction. No, there aren't. There's no weapons of mass destruction. Yes, they are. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It was just coming, you know, it's any excuse. And they also referenced Saifedean in here, which obviously I love. So talking about how QE really came to effect after World War II, and then ever since it's been any excuse. So there's lots of thoughts. It's just, I suppose it's all those thoughts and all these conversations which we've had, but obviously a lot more articulately between the two of them. Um, and it's just interesting because, like, I've never, I don't think I've listened to much which Jack Dorsey's said before. He, he hasn't, I don't think I've ever seen him speak long form on Bitcoin before. Mm. I've, I've seen him on Joe Rogan. I think that's the only time I heard him speak at length. And that was when he was talking about censorship on Twitter. And he was trying to say it didn't exist. And he had his head of censorship sat next to him. And the first thing Elon did when he got in was fire her because she was the one allowing the government to censor everyone on the platform. Jack was saying he didn't know what was going on, but she was she was doing it. But I've never heard him talking about Bitcoin, which is why when... You posted this in the chats and never look. I was like, holy shit. You know, this is, I think Jack Mallers is quite a laid back kind of nice, cool guy as well. He doesn't want too much of the limelight. Because if Michael Saylor was interviewing Jack Dorsey, I go, what's the point? Saylor's going to talk for 99% of it and Jack's just going to agree a couple of times. You go, no, no, no. I want someone to interview Jack Dorsey who doesn't say too much because I want to hear what Jack has to say about Bitcoin. And obviously, as we always say, it's, once you spot that money's corrupt, what else is corrupt? And once you start hitting these all these other topics like JFK and all these other conspiracies, I'd love to hear t- his thoughts on it because he's been in this space for long enough now to go, yeah, this is there's a lot of bullshit here. 
but you run the risk of being called a crazy conspiracy theorist by saying it. And he's, he's stupidly rich now. He's st- but he's still Sierra Square, so he does yeah. have. He's still got stakes in the, and block, in the public market. Uh, and and all, yeah, well, but also as well, it's the fact that he is still relevant and has uh, people or friends and associates that have positions of power as well. So when I think about that, uh, I think like Jay-Z and Jay-Z being married to Beyonce and them having the ear of like millions of people equally as well. And they have partnerships, you know, it's not just, it's true, genuine friendships as well. So, um, so when Jack, as in Jack Mollers was interviewing, obviously Dorsey, Jack held back to your point, Mr. Orlin, he says, he started talking and he's like, no, 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 it's not my interview, this is your interview, and then goes back to him, allowing him to talk. And I think what was interesting is that he wasn't afraid to say these things given his position. Previously, when he was the CEO of Twitter, he wouldn't have said one mm. percent of what he's said. Whereas now he feels free, he feels liberated. The fact that he's found Bitcoin and the fact that he doesn't want to be the center of attention as well with regards to the project or whatever project that he's in. And I think what I really gained from this is that it may spark and provoke a movement where people remove themselves as the central point of failure. <laughs> Let me think, when I think thought about the uh, the pod, Mr. Orlin is our linchpin. You know, you, you put all of this together. If you skydive and die, this is it people you know you will have me and dr evil 10 percent fudging our way through this yeah miss no show never present as usual never present um going on to your point about no central person i think they talked about um but assassinations do not matter with bitcoin correct there's not a central person so it's a good point because you know with you can't just go, we're going to have this war and inflate the currency. It's like, oh, we need this bond. If you agree with the war, take out a bond. No, fuck off. Be a response, because we're not having a fucking war, because we know what you like. And yeah, like, yeah. they can try and take your money, but once they try- start trying to take the money, then they lose the population. They can't forcibly take it, and they know that. Yeah, well, they'd have to go, right, well, this money was going to get spent on xyz which would be uh, roads education health instead of doing that we want to go send some bombs over here and they'd have to get that passed right because it, it's genuinely money is scarce now so we only have an amount of bitcoin to spend as a country yeah, using so- iraq as the example under tony blair there's weapons of mass destruction we think there's weapons of mass destructions or show us them yeah well what you probably would have done you go right well Okay, here's six months' money. Go have a look. If you don't find any, that's enough. You wouldn't have left it 20 years. And after about two, I think they discovered that there weren't any there, but they went, oh, but there's all this other stuff, dictatorships and da 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 
so they stayed there for another 18 years. That would never have happened. And, or, and... or Afghanistan, it's like, so this person has flown to World World Trade Towers. We're going to go invade a whole country because of four people. That are from Pakistan. Yeah, and it's just like, you want to invade a whole country who are hiding in the mountains, so you're going to kill innocent people because a plane went into World Trade Towers, and it's just like, yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah, and what's the thing, though? It, literally, money suddenly has value again. It becomes a proper budgeting thing. There's accountability. Instead of this fake money printing, which the people do pay for via inflation, but they don't think they do because they're manipulated to think that inflation isn't real and it's necessity. But it, but it stimulates the economy. Money. Yeah. So they, they pass it off as this hidden thing because we are getting given this evil or option. And at the moment, the evil or option is, should we start this war over here in Ukraine or whatever? Should we go help this war, whatever you want to call it? But but the, the cost of that is that your earnings over the next 10 years is going to decline by 10 to 20% every year. So if you're not getting at least that as a pay rise, you're you're earning less money. If that proposition was put to the British people, can almost guarantee they would not vote for it. But they're not given that. They're just given the, should we help here? Absolutely, we should help. Okay, well, you're going to earn 20% less money every year for the next 10 years. They, they don't think that's true because they can print money out of thin air. Whereas if they had a balance of Bitcoin, people will go, right, how much is it going to cost to help this war? And they go, oh, it's going to cost a thousand Bitcoin a year. And you go, right, well, how the budget for the government is 2,000 Bitcoin a year. So you're spending half your budget on this war. No, you can spend 100 Bitcoin. Go and help Ukraine with 100 Bitcoin. Do what you can. But we need to spend the rest of it here. But instead, there's unlimited money, isn't there? They just print it out of thin air and they end up doubling budget, tripling budget. But it's shown by the government, like, you've never actually had um, a reduction in government spending. No. So let's see, the headcount increases, the spending increases, and the efficiency goes down. And the government gets more and more bloated and there's more and more mouths to feed because the, the corruption gets wider and wider and wider. It's then, it's, it gets worse and worse and worse until it collapses. Yeah. And that, yeah. And well, hopefully we're at the end of that now where we've fucking had enough. Yeah, it's the 50-year experiment is coming to an end. They, they're as yeah. fat and as rich as they can be. Because I think the main reason for my hope is the fact that we actually have the the lifeboat away from this now. I think if we didn't have Bitcoin, I'd be sat here now going, because it's, it's almost, it, almost who cares if it collapses because we've got nothing else like as, yeah. as individuals. Like what are we going to use to, to trade with each other? Like are we genuinely going to try and use gold? I, I don't think it's really going to work in any meaningful way. Like we... What have happened to that big discovery of the gold in, was it Nambia or something, where there's meant to be a potential 40% increase yeah, on that? Anything. Everybody died of pneumonia and COVID. <laughs> I mean, everyone died of freedom and democracy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah! I was waiting for the price of gold to drop and it just magically didn't. A bit bizarre. Yeah, a bit strange how it's just completely disappeared out of the news. But yeah, it, you'd hope you'd have a sensical and you'd get the actual innovations because we've talked about this, like we talk about every pod, is the kind of innovations seem to happen 
when the money's sound, when people can save, they know what they're doing, they they actually hedge towards the innovation rather than just save themselves. So you think about anything which has happened in the last 50 years, is it new or is it just an improvement? Yes, it's just the internet is the, the biggie. But communication protocols were well in place way before the internet. It's an improvement. It's nothing new out the hat, is it? What about TikTok? i'll tell you what's new actually pronouns (laughs) yeah Yeah. let's not go down that rabbit and 60 different genders vegans uh yeah let's let's carry on we've got (laughs) um last thing about this story actually is um block are meant to be releasing um hardware and software for mining so that'd be quite an interesting one because that might be another kind of like um stepping stone in the evolution of bitcoin it's more miners can come online more quickly did they say when um i didn't catch a when no i didn't catch I, I knew i knew he was working on that stuff i've just i think it was six months ago maybe beginning of the year i think yeah. that they said just, they were working on hardware wallets and miners well the hardware wallet has already been or is about to be released so oh, that's yeah. an interesting one i oh, don't think that one's right but the thing which I like about it is an, it's an attempt. It's a different take on it. So it's I feel there's going to be a couple of hardware wallets before they get it right. And there's how do you get to that air gap, that completely pure wallet, so you haven't got this risk that some dickhead company like Ledger can hack it or give it to the government. Yeah, or block mm. themselves, right? That's We want to protect ourselves. Yes. So it's got to be open source. It's got to be, you know, have all no real updates because we don't want the updates. But anyway, that's all I've got on that story. I, I need to watch that. It's been on my my list. I just didn't get two hours this week to smash it, but it's right at the top of my... What, what were you watching, which we were talking about earlier? Oh, that... Glitter. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that was... No, that was some weird film, yeah. No, that, that was... To be fair, that was about a week ago I watched that. Oh, I, oh yeah. Now, what was a weird yeah. film which you were watching earlier? The, uh, with the mother feeding the daughter food, yeah, oh, like right. a bird. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, that's about a week ago. I don't, I can't remember what it's called. About a week ago, <laughs> <laughs> that was time well spent instead of listening yeah. to um, the two jacks. Yeah, I know. It's it's one of them where I literally it's such a good podcast, right? That there's certain things that I watch when I've got a screaming baby or like the the toddler and and all that running around. But then that one, I literally started pressing play, and then. Straight away, I was getting distracted. I'm like, right, no, I'm switching this off. And yeah. I'm watching this in two hours of actual downtime. And, and that's what, weirdly, I don't have. I don't have a lot of yeah. two hours worth of complete downtime. I watch plenty of other podcasts in the background. I don't mind that I missed 20 minutes, half yeah. an hour there. But I'm like, I want to watch this properly. <laughs> so I, I, listen to this. I just listen to it while I'm working. But I probably have missed important bits. But it was still quite interesting. Yeah, yeah. I, it, it's it's hard to find just three hours of downtime. Well, this is it. With with kids now, you just don't have the time. Yeah. yeah so you have to try and. Kid. So it's things like you know, when I'm cleaning, whatever, washing, making breakfast, I'll listen to something. Yeah, yeah. I know. It's 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 rare that I see something that I go that needs my attention. 
I don't want to be distracted. But usually I just click play and yeah, I'll but I think it's quite it's quite a laid back conversation. So it's not as intense as a Michael Saylor um pod. Yeah. It's just it's it's just rare that I that you hear Jack Dorsey speak for three hours. Right. Anyway, we've got Larry Fink here. We should we should have done this one with the Black Rock bit, but this is Larry Fink, our next story, posted by Michael Saylor himself. He's on for 51 seconds. So I will actually pay the clip. And also, I do believe the role of crypto is, um, it is, it, it, it's digitizing gold in many yeah. ways. It's a, it's a, instead of investing in gold as a hedge against inflation, a hedge against the, uh, the onerous problems of any one country or, or the, or the devaluation of your currency, whatever country you're in. Um, let's be clear, Bitcoin is an international asset. It's not based on any one currency. And so it, it, it can represent an asset that people can play as an alternative. I would call, the, the foundation of BlackRock is about hope. You invest for retirement because you believe tomorrow is better than today. And it's it's actually kind of bizarre. This the this whole clip is Larry Fink being extremely bullish on Bitcoin. What did he used to say about Bitcoin? You know, like five years ago. I don't, I'd have to Google it, but I I don't I think Larry Fink has been hugely uh, critical. I mean, he's not in the Warren Buffett, Jamie Dimon. But it's like, Jamie Dimon is like it's like a pit rock. <laughs> yeah, like being extremely dismissive. I don't think Larry Fink has been rude. No, I don't think he has. Yeah, so he's. I think he's quietly sat in the sidelines, going, "You know what? I'm going to let this one play out and just have a look." <laughs> but yeah, he's basically saying it's an international asset. Um, in that 51 seconds, he says quite a lot, right? And he goes, "Governments, you need a hedge against government." You need a hedge against inflation. And I almost can't believe he's saying it because, you know, he's, it's an American company by and large, right? BlackRock and Vanguard, they, they're based in, in, in the US. So by saying that, you go, well, hold on. Why would an American citizen buy the Bitcoin ETF as a hedge against America? Are you suggesting that America be in trouble? That's a big thing to imply, right? He's not saying it, it's your Venezuela or your Argentina. Do you not think it's like a play? Well, because... I, think, I do think there's some games happening, definitely. But if you just take him on what he's saying, he he's 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 largely agreeing with us for the reason that he I I if I was him, and I obviously we know he's super connected to the elite. I, I, I undoubtedly know he absolutely understands the, the proper use case for Bitcoin, which is to replace the US dollar and become the, the Bitcoin standard of the world. But if I was him going on here going, well, why are you doing a Bitcoin ETF? I'd just gone a bit like what Jamie Dimon said when he, I think JP Morgan offered up some type of investment fund for Bitcoin. He'd have gone, look, I don't believe in the asset, but the, our customers have been asking for it. So we're going to shove one up there and, and, and just see what interest there is. Because the market seemed to be asking for a Bitcoin ETF, so we're, we're, we're going to try and provide them one. I wouldn't have gone as far as him and gone, oh, this is a hedge against inflation, a hedge against governments, a digital gold. But he's got to get, but he's got to get people's attention, so it's 
maybe it's to get a new kind of like generation investors because you've got the boomers who are investing in their, um, you know, ETFs, you've got them investing in their retirement funds, um, pensions, etc. But a 20 to 30 year old, what are they investing in? Only fans. It's shit coins. I don't even know if they are investing. That's the challenge. Well, we say investing. Invest they gambling. Aren't they're going they? down to the shitcoin casinos. Yeah, you know uh, another interesting point. The uh, back to the jacks may be the theme of the uh, the pod, but essentially um, Dorsey mentioned that if we were having that this pod nine months ago, everybody was talking about bored apes. And nobody's talking about bored apes anymore. So, you know, I am. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what we find is young people are very much looking at things on trend. And we're past, very much past looking on trend. If anything, we're looking retrospectively and thinking, okay, what has happened previously? And and what's the longevity of things? You know, what's going to be? We've always been like that. In fact, ever since we we started the group nearly ten years ago, what's going to continue years and years beyond this? Yeah, you don't want to. You don't want to invest in fads. No, that's what you know. The, the, a lot of the insults that get fired towards Bitcoin is it is it's tulips, it's a hype cycle, it's a bubble. And you go, no, it's clearly not. It's been going for 13 years. It's had significant mm-hmm. dips and then recovered from those dips and far surpassed all-time highs. But if you look at ICOs, shitcoins, NFTs, they're perfect examples of hype cycles slash bubbles. They, they go up and then they go to zero, they're dead. The only way the dumb money comes back in is they have to reinvent it, reinvent the new the new scam, and then it goes up and then crashes. NFTs surely can't come back. It'll be some stupid shit next time. What would be? Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Will, yeah, it, be, it'll be, will it be gifts AI. on the blockchain? Gifts, yeah, yeah. I think NFTs were gifts as well, but oh, yes. were they? But, but, but is it, we talked about this before, but it's the most bizarre one. Like the the ICOs made a little bit of sense at least because that was. Like an unregulated unregulated stock market, essentially, it's just a, there's a number of tokens instead of a number of shares, and you can just buy them and build a company. And at least that, at least that, on a principle, seems to look largely make sense until you go through the game theory and you realize giving people hundreds of millions of dollars up front before they've been built out the the initial idea is puts the incentives the wrong way around and it, it's doomed to failure. But but then shit coins are just clearly a, just a, a complete gamble, right? It's like playing roulette. Yeah. You just it's a, it's roulette with two thousand numbers, and you want to put your money where you want to put it. Maybe you win, maybe you lose. But NFTs, literally pictures on the blockchain. If you'd have told me that in twenty sixteen that that was going to be one of the biggest hype cycles in about another six years time, I'd have told you just you 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 fucking you a clown. There's no way people are going to be that stupid. They buy JPEGs on the blockchain, and they if they fucking did, didn't they? <laughs> they fucking of course did. they did. Of course they did. What's interesting as well is, um, and I, I watch a lot of Warren Buffett. If anything is Warren Buffett, I've, I've either watched it or it's queued up or and I've read it. And uh, recently he was in Japan, 
and he was asked about Bitcoin naturally and has his stance changed based on other people's stances changing and he hadn't changed, surprise, surprise, but he was stumped because somebody said, well, you referenced it to being very similar to the tulip mania and tulip mania was uh, a, a cycle that only lasted three years between 1634 to 1637, whereas Bitcoin is now into its 14th year. So it's no longer surely a, a hype cycle. What's your response to this? Didn't have much to say about it. Just continued to say that people were gambling and that it had no intrinsic value. He's going through a uh, change curve, isn't he? He's gone yeah. from being like completely dismissive to now he's what getting defensive. He's <coughs> in denial almost. Eventually, he hits acceptance, and then he'll be no, dead. He'll be, be, be dead for acceptance. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. He's going to exactly. hit the bottom of the change cycle, <laughs> the change curve, and then he's going to be like, he's going to die. He, he never gets to ride the curve up, which is acceptance and then bullish. Yeah, because I, you know, I can easily see the likes of. BlackRock, of course, going ahead, getting their ETF and BlackRock own one of the largest companies in the world being Apple. And where is the majority of Warren's money in Apple? And therefore, he will eventually then turn or his counterparts within um, Berkshire Hathaway will be forced to turn because their customers will want a piece of the action. So, like it or not, Berkshire Hathaway will be into Bitcoin. Yeah. But it's either him or Charlie Munger. I just, yeah. Uh, Charlie's older than Warren. You know, Warren's already 1991. So, uh, yeah, it's more likely going to be uh, him or, or again, whoever's taken over after. Oh, we'll always remember that Buffett called Bitcoin rat poison squared. No, that yeah. was uh, Munger. Oh, Munger. Yeah, yeah, that was Munger. Munger. But that's, you know, that really is going. That's past scam. That's, you know. Is, when he says Bitcoin is rat poison, well, what's a rat? <laughs> what do you mean? He's calling Bitcoin rat poison. What's a rat? Oh, right. Yeah. In the, in the sense well, of it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the, but rat is yeah. fear. Yeah, yeah, the government. Yeah, maybe he's right. Then, yeah, we are killing the rats. Yeah, uh, but well, that's what you meant. It was like almost a hidden meaning behind that. But, well, yeah, yeah, you're right. Maybe it wasn't a diss, yeah, maybe it's a <laughs> yeah. compliment you could have given it. Yes, yeah. exactly. So, a little bit on the end of this one. So, Larry Fink said the foundation of BlackRock is around hope and. You invest in retirement tomorrow is better than today. I like that little tagline. Yeah, <clears throat> especially with Sailor posting it because he owns hope.com. Yeah, <laughs> good point. And he's dedicated hope.com to Bitcoin. So. Cool. Well, our next story is um, all about AI and Bitcoin. So AI has, over the last... 12 months taken a massive boom and I'm sure there's been some uh, VC money going into every AI company that's going but 
new developer tools are enabling Lightning and AI communities to build cost-effective um, Lightning tooling. So this is interesting uh, because, again, Bitcoin has remained the same. Um, miners have changed, of course, uh, over the period of time. Once upon a time, being able to do it on your laptop, now there are you know ASIC only uh, miners in terms of what they can do. They just simply mine Bitcoin. But how can AI help with this? It's just basically, from my understanding, it's around micropayments, isn't it? So it's more efficient, you know, really going into, oh, you want to play this game? We don't really want fucking adverts on it. Pay a sat or something, or a quarter of a sat, and make it cost efficient and the routing of the um, satoshi. That's what I got mm. from the article, but I wasn't completely clear in all honesty. Yeah, when I read it, I was a bit unsure as well about you know the lightning and AI communities are encouraged to explore the potential of these new tools, but they've not yet actually you know, come up with anything. Um, because going back to my point, mining is quite dumb. It just simply takes computing power. You know, the chips that are in miners and the ASIC miners do one thing and one thing only. Why do you need AI to potentially do that? I mean, they're already trying to figure out the... Uh, the code for you know at the end of uh, when the block is about to come out so could ai potentially speed up that part no i think it's a structure of um the sats and so on within um the mining blocks so when we're c confirming transactions maybe is that what it means mr Rollin, give us a clue no, I, I don't. I don't think it's any of this stuff because, because, like you said, like yeah, mining is is dumb, right? You, you're literally just guessing a number. Yeah. So all the miners are doing is trying every single number between a certain range. So the only thing you can do to improve that is to get faster, and that's what the mining rigs do. They just get faster and faster and faster to guess more and more numbers in that range until they hit the correct number in the range and then bang that unlocks the block they mine it get the mic block reward move on to the next one so there's nothing particularly smart about the the algorithm or the the mathematical equation that they're solving they're literally guessing a random number it's just that there's billions of numbers in the range and it takes on average 10 minutes to find the number i think what they're talking about here because they're, they're plugging it into lightning so one of the problems with lightning is liquidity and having enough connections between all the individual lightning nodes and, and the points. At the moment, I think the developers are trying their best to make the, the routing of payments through the lightning network as efficient as possible. But it's humans doing that code and humans trying to route the payments through the network for microtransactions or whatever it might be. Whereas I think that is a place for AI where you could throw AI in there and go, look, there's a payment that needs to go from here to here. What's the best route? And ask AI the question instead and have them route the transaction as opposed to setting up some arbitrary rules because that's what code usually is. Code is hard-coded to go, this is, they look for this, this, and this. But that, that, and that might not be the best thing to look for today. It might have changed depending on 
various different metrics and bits of data coming in. Whereas AI could just make an on-the-fly decision as to how to route this transaction. And I think that's what they're experimenting with, which which makes sense. I think it, you know anyone that's used the Lightning Network, you've probably had some some payments fail here and there. I've bought a couple of couple of hats, at, you know, Bitcoin conferences, some artwork and all that kind of stuff. And occasionally I've had a payment fail. Uh you just it doesn't tend to matter. You just do it again and it goes through. But those are classic cases of the the network isn't fully built out yet. So having AI mm. route through the gaps and route round the problems. Because literally, right, the, the, the issue could be I've got a way of paying a certain person, but I'm actually bunny hopping through five different um, lightning nodes to get there. And one person just unplugs their lightning node today. So now suddenly the way my my wallet has learned how to pay this customer or this um, shop or whatever it might be, that the 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 payment channel was broken now because someone's pulled their router out. So the, the node isn't there anymore. So it now needs to learn a new way. And so the first payment will fail. And then I do it again and it passes, but it finds a new way. AI could have stopped the first failure and gone, the, 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 mm. the node's down. That, that, that node that you've used before is, is down. So go around it. So, but yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm, the, the article's sure. And I, I'm always very nervous whenever I hear the new buzzword, you know, machine learning, AI, and Bitcoin. I go, okay, where's the use case? first off yeah you know, let's not just plug ai and bitcoin together and go oh now we're gonna take over the fucking world because bitcoin on its own was good but now we've got ai now we're fucking now come on like ai is pretty dumb at the moment let's let's you know it can make some pictures and it can answer some questions a bit better than google that's where we are so it, it's yeah I, I don't think it's yeah, a big story right now we're not there just yet but it again i think is the future uh, is just the classic case of like us Jeeves back in the day that used to be amazing but really you look back and think mm, really dumb now uh, and things will continue to get better but it's building blocks isn't it you know chat GPT run to uh, v4 of it five years from now chat GPT is going to be completely different Right, next story is Canada solving the cost of living crisis. Well, Canada is a uh, a regular on the on the pod in terms of a channel, and so is our friend Justin Trudeau, who has just sent everyone two hundred thirty to four hundred sixty dollars of uh, for a grocery rebate to fight inflation, food prices. So. If you're a Canadian and you got $460 to fight inflation, what would you do with it, bro? I would print out a bigger picture of Trudeau to hang in my front room. Good citizen. Yeah, I'd, um, I think mean, I'd pay for a private jet to go lick his arsehole. <laughs> <laughs> Before 60? <laughs> <laughs> so I, th- I think if Trudeau knew why I was coming he'd sub me the rest <laughs> but what, what did Julian Figueroa go well Julian 
went straight to the bank of sats, right? Yeah, boy. <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. There's nothing sweeter, is there, than just saying like he, he got paid as 235 and 75, 235.75. That's the first payment. Literally converted every cent to Bitcoin. I think um on the estimations, one of his carbon taxes is costing every family more than this. And out. So this is a tax which isn't being used to I don't know, filter air. It isn't being used to plant trees. It's just an extra tax. And you know, I just look at this and go, it's a oh yeah, we'll give you this, but we're gonna fuck you over a bit more. So this is about eight billion if it if every member of the population gets it. And they're throwing in things like carbon taxes. What do they actually do? They're yeah. Investing in infrastructure like nuclear, planting trees, um, making sure that there's no traffic. So you know, cars run seamlessly and there's less pollution getting off putted. No. It's just literally going mm. to the coffers so they can filter it out. And it's just yeah, it's a typical government thing, isn't it? Let's give you a little bit of a handout so you're grateful while we fuck you on the arse. Well, yeah, the last couple of years, they've come round, broken everyone's legs, and now they're going round giving everyone a crutch. Going, oh, yeah, this is to fight inflation, which they caused. It wasn't Beyonce at concert. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no. You know, I mean, things like it's almost insulting, have... isn't it? The, the, the amount of money they give out as well. It's like, oh, look, four hundred dollars. That's that's you know, that's quite a lot of money. You go that, that if, if you work out what twenty percent inflation is over the average wage yeah. in Canada. Say if you getting paid fifty grand in Canadian dollars, you've had twenty percent. So what's that? Um, ten ten grand. But obviously, with it being compounded on multiple years, it's actually more than that. And they're giving you two hundred, two hundred dollars, and to replace that ten grand. Yeah, it's it's literally like someone walking into your house, smacking you over the head, stealing ten grand. And they come back a couple of years later, give you two hundred quid, want you to say thanks for saving me. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, like where's where's the other nine thousand eight hundred, and why Correct. did you hit me on the head? Plus the interest. Yeah, <laughs> but this is you know it's like the UBI stuff which they've been trying in the UK. It's actually oh here's have something so you're a bit more dependent on on us even though we're taxing the hell out of you through actual taxes and silent taxes. Oh, just yeah. irritating. I don't even live well. Um, Canada, the money printer is still going. Brrr. And uh, people are wising up to what to do with it, right? But I don't think the average person would. Well, no, the they, they would go down to wouldn't. the um, supermarket and say paying one one dollar for their loaf of bread, they'd be paying one dollar twenty, and they'd be grateful because they got two hundred dollars to spend on those loaves of bread, which are costing them twenty percent more. Yeah, and of course that's going straight back to the government as well. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, thanks for this money that we're just going to get back because we've already put the tax on there, you know, so you'll be paying tax on the food. So even though you think you're getting the 235, 75, an element of that is still being taxed when you're buying the goods, if, of course, you're not putting it into uh, into Bitcoin. Yeah. 
I just can't believe Trudeau's still um, a leader after what he's done over the last couple of years. It doesn't seem to be uh, going, and the Canadians don't seem to be resisting him. You know, there's no uproar like uh, with other leaders of any sort. You know, he seems to, for some, for want of a better word, seems to just be calm. You know, people are, people are happy. I think we had the truckers, didn't we? And then yeah, the truckers. Yeah, that was everyone. it. Froze people's bank accounts, silenced everyone on social media. So I think in reality, we, because we're not on the inside, we think it looks calm. I think in reality, what's happened is Canada's turned into China, where social media done. Mm. Like anyone is terrified to speak out. So now it may appear that Trudeau is, you know, a, a largely approved upon leader. But I think if you look at the replies to any of these tweets that are coming from Trudeau. Honestly, I know our our feeds are heavily skewed <laughs> because it prioritizes people you follow. So you've got a lot of Bitcoiners just calling them out. But if you scroll past the people you follow's comments, the majority of the people are calling them out as well. He really is not liked. And the the narrative that he is a popular prime minister or president, whatever they have in Canada, is not true. You can just see the sentiment on Twitter, and I know Twitter can be just an angry place anyway, but he gets nothing but pure vitriol on, on Twitter. Like People hate that guy. And uh, and he posts nothing but positive things about what he's doing. And He's a prolific poster, or rather his department is. Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah. He's clearly not in control of the account, yeah. And they completely ignore the comments. They just keep going. He just keep going about how much he's improving the world and how much he's just such a great leader. And every comment is, you're a Nazi, you're part of the WEF, you're a fucking scumbag authoritarian government, money-stealing prick. And he just carries on with a smile on his face. Yeah, he's a proper fucking psychopath, that guy. doesn't matter. He's a made billionaire for when he leaves office for what he's done for the WEF. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's why he has a whole team of people doing his social media and he just never checks the the comments because he'd probably realise he, well, he might actually have a, a strike of humility or an attack of his conscience to go, what the fuck am I doing? I'm no, seeing 10 grand being... from the average person and giving them $200 <laughs> and that's supposed to be me being a great leader. So he got mm. stopped by Marsh Public in St. Hyacinth today to speak with people about our new grocery rebate, which delivers hundreds of dollars of support to 11 million Canadians. I'll say here what I said there. We'll keep working to make life more affordable for people across Canada while still inflating the monetary supply. And the first one is Lisa Gold. Canada flag, clap, 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 love, love, love. Fucking hell. <laughs> paid actors I think you mean less affordable yeah it's hard to tell which ones are real accounts I suppose for that first one it could just be a bot or something yeah or paid for um, but yeah there's a lot going through here just taking the piss out of them cool should we move on to uh last story which is another background <laughs> Uh, who is this guy? Um, never seen him before because I would definitely recognize him, but 
As as Marty Bent, again, a friend of the show, has uh, tweeted, this creepy smile this guy has as he explains how governments can use CBDCs to prevent you from using your money as a good mask-off moment. These people are sadistic control freaks who get pleasure from the thought of dominating others. Because the clip isn't that long, uh, I'll do the classic. And the one final note I will uh, make is that if you think about the benefits of digital money, there are huge potential gains. It's not just about uh, digital forms of physical currency. You can have programmability, you know, um, units of central bank currency with expiry dates. You could have, as I argue in my book, a potentially better, and yeah, some people might see it, or a darker world where the government decides that units of central bank money can be used to purchase some things, but not other things that it deems less desirable, like, say, ammunition or drugs or pornography or something of the sort. And that is very powerful in terms of the use of a CBDC. And uh, we won't get picked up now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll let you insert it. But that's what she said. <laughs> she did indeed. And look at my life now. <laughs> <laughs> all in. Oh gosh, all in, all in. <laughs> Should have been all out. Definitely that. Um, but programmable money, CBDCs. We've been saying it since the uh, since the term has Ooh. has come around, and he's just told the public. They they hid it initially, didn't they? Oh, the faster payments are cheaper payments, are helicopter payments. They hid it behind that, but now they're saying a bits. Which they shouldn't be saying. Mm. I think, but I think everyone's asleep at the wheel. They're not paying attention, are they? And the socialists or the Keynesians will be like, "Oh, free payments, helicopter money. Why, why can't I buy my weed with this coin now? Why can't I have my coffee now? Oh, why have I got to spend it just on food on these government endorsed items? Why, why can't I buy a chicken breast? Oh." Why can't I buy it from this company? How come I can't drive? It's my favourite garden centre. Oh dear. Absolutely. He openly states, yeah, you could buy certain things. You might not be able to buy certain things. It may have, well, not it may, it could have an expiry date as well in terms of as and when you can use it. So therefore you'll become even more dependent on the government and people that issue well, I think you become crippled. I think it's not you become dependent. I think you become crippled and unable to do things under no. this system. Whereas a UBI is you become dependent. I think a CBDC cripples you. Uh, yeah. Well, I suppose what it does, right, basically, it's genius. It, it's a great way of making sure the rats stay in the maze and they, they, they keep mm. working and trying to find the cheese. Because by giving money an expiry date, savings are gone, investments gone. There's no well, you've way got to, you've got you've got to put your money somewhere. So your money has to go investments, to doesn't it? it? Yeah, you have to spend it. It's got an expiry date. It's like so having it goes a, in, like having it goes in the Ponzi where... scheme, or you have to buy food. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and and that's the thing, right? They and they can tell you what you can and can't spend it on. So if you've earned money they can go well no you shouldn't be investing you, you don't reach the you're not an accredited investor you're not allowed to do that you should be spending food on just day-to-day -day items and if you don't want to do that well it expires in a year so spend it or lose it 
Today, you can buy pencil sharpeners. But I really need some bread. Pencil sharpeners. A Balenciaga <laughs> hoodie for like two grand. <laughs> but, fund yeah, but, but this is it. How can you say it's your money when you can't choose what to spend it on? Yeah. And the thing and is, what... it's nuts, right? Because this guy, right, he's, he, he couldn't be better. He's at a WEF fucking conference, you know, the World Economic Forum. And he's there yeah. with a grin on his face going, <laughs> you know, a side effect of CBDCs is that you can control what people spend their money on. And he's like laughing, going, yeah, we've kind of realized this. This is a nice little quirk of the money, right? Yeah, we, we know we could print it all before, but now we can actually decide what they spend it on, when, by the person, we can give people quotas. This is crazy. This is great, right? We can really control the people. And and I, I think he thinks this is coming across as good because I think he thinks that the probably the people he's speaking to, a lot of world leaders, people that run companies, and they're going, oh, that'd be great if I could force them to buy loads of Coca-Cola and whatever else shit they're trying to sell, then now nah, that's awesome. I, I need to start lobbying my politicians now to make sure everyone has a 50 pound allocation to Coca-Cola every month and they have to spend it or lose it. Fucking hell, that is how I get my share price up. So who knows? That's why he maybe is saying it with a smile on his face. I you think go, if it, this I think is if so you can, dystopian. If, if you couldn't see his hands, I'd swear he's masturbating. <laughs> 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 Um, there's a similar one to this. It's the where is it? Bank for International Settlements, you know, um, the King Fatty. There's a similar one which is posted. So, Balaji he posted when the head of BIS says central banks will have absolute control over all use of money. That's not democracy. That's when Keynesianism finally drops a mass and becomes flat out communism. Mm. Total centralized control of all resources by unelected bureaucrats. So that's another really short clip, and it's one which kind of goes with this. But it's, you know, my reply to this was it's, they keep on saying the wrong bits out loud, but no one's paying attention. Everyone is asleep at the wheel. They're distracted by blue versus red, gender, racism, pronouns, whatever it is. And this is what's going on. They're leading you into slave coin. You've got no fucking chance if we get go down this route. And like you yeah. said, it's dystopian. Yeah, yeah. That, well, that. the wrong bits said out loud. Um, yes, whilst they are public, won't get picked upon in the media, and obviously won't be spoken about. And the majority of people don't actually know what money is, so they'll just think about the incentives of, oh, cool, free money. But they'll also go, oh, it'll stop the baddies. It won't stop me. It'll stop well, people exactly. buying. It'll stop people buying ammunition. There'll be less shootings at school. Yeah. Yeah. You'll be locked locked down to what they want you to do. Yeah. You'll be yeah. building fucking pyramids or something. <laughs> <laughs> How do they build the pyramids? CBDCs. Yeah. But literally, that's what they'll do. Oh, don't like this project. Don't like tattoo parlors. You can go and build the pyramids, lads. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they, they'll, they'll pitch it in a way where it's like, oh, it's to fight climate change, right? So we'll... Instead of you having to figure out what stuff you can and can't buy to reduce your yeah. carbon footprint, don't worry, government's got you. As you're buying, 
once you hit your certain allocations of various types of items, we'll just say you can't buy any more of that thing. And it'll get pitched in a way that, look, for the really decent like, thinking of others, community-focused people, you're, it's never going to hurt you. It's going to be those dirty meat eaters. You know, you know the racist Nazi xenophobes? You know, those ones that eat steak? Yeah, those guys. They're the and ones. Do, and do fitness. <laughs> oh, yeah. Disgusting. The obsession <laughs> with fitness and the alt-right. Let's get rid of this. Disgusting, right? Big is beautiful. Muscles are being thin. <laughs> we all want diabetes, right? So Coca-Cola. How are, we, how are we going to build their pyramids when everyone's fat? <laughs> maybe they're just gonna like each block will just be like five americans wedged into a perspect box <laughs> a formaldehyde uh, of the americans in there like as a museum it'll be rock fucking solid just pouring some packet jelly with concrete yeah <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I love it. Right. Well, there we have it. That was pod 104 brought to you by the four Bs, Mr. Allin, aka the Trillion Dollar Man, Dr. Evil 10%, aka the People's Champ, myself, so never look, aka the excellence of execution. And she was here, but she's never here. Mrs. No Show. Peace.